The Golden Hat is coming back to Norman. The Oklahoma Sooners beat Texas 34 to 30 in remarkable fashion. We'll break it all down for you today on Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also here on Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the KREF Sports app. And Josh, so many different directions that we can go with this win. I mean, what an incredible finish it was for the Oklahoma Sooners. But one of the best games that we've seen in a long time. But, I mean, it's one of the best games I've ever seen of college football. <laughs> yeah, the the first five minutes was like crazy. Uh, the amount of things that happened in the first five, 10 minutes of the football game, uh, all the stop and start moments, obviously Oklahoma comes up with a stop and they get a, you know, you know, big, uh, big turnover. And, uh, and then obviously quick touchdown and then you get another stop and, and uh, you know, obviously uh, then you, then you get the punt blocked and everything. And, Texas is right back in it after what was a great start, but the twist and turns, I think, yeah, that that's something that you take from this game for Oklahoma is I'm just so fired up that Oklahoma went and won this game. You know, the twist and turns, sure, but I'm just so fired up, man, that, oh, you went and won this game. That was a litmus test game, a gut check game for the program, a, hey, did we get Brent Venables right? for the program, all these different things with the twists and turns mixed in. How can you not be romantic about Sooner football today, baby? It's just no way to say it any more eloquently than it was a gigantic win. It's always gigantic when it's OU Texas, but this one, because of the way last year played out and the Brent Venables factor and uh, the Texas beating Alabama factor, the, the fact that both teams came in unbeaten for the first time since 11, it felt larger in some ways than maybe an OU Texas has in some time. And for OU to face that and to see the twists and turns and to rise to the occasion on a number of different occasions, John, I just, how can you, again, not be romantic about Sooner football coming out of it? I mean, it all started for me when I saw the um... – Oh, I can't remember what Oklahoma football calls it with Toby before the, the scene setter. When I watched the scene setter this morning, man, I got goosebumps and chills, a couple of little singular tears coming down. I was just so fired up about this game and it delivered from start to finish. It was a phenomenal football game with momentum shifts for both sides. I mean, it really looked like Oklahoma was going to take control of this game when they got the field goal at the end of the first half and then go out first drive of the second half get the touchdown, you go up 10, and, man, you're looking like you're rolling. You get the ball back, you you know, force the fumble of Quinn Ewers, and then you're not able to do anything with it. 
And in that second half, and I know we're kind of just jumping around a little bit, but it's just so hard to kind of pinpoint where to start that most of the second half, the offense didn't really do much of anything except for the first drive and the last drive. And that's all you needed. And you won the football game. I mean, it, it was a, a gutsy performance. You talked about gut check. It was gutsy. We've talked about resiliency so much on this show. And I think that's the thing that continues to stand out about this team. It's they don't get bogged down with what happened on the last drive or the last play, you know, what happened in the first quarter. It's moment by moment. And you talk about this team constantly living in the now, wanting to be one and zero, wanting to be perfect on the, on the next play, regardless of what happened before. And that's what you saw today. You saw a team that again, for much of the second half, couldn't find any chemist or any like cohesion or, or, was struggling to move the ball. They lost Angel Anthony for, you know, for the game. They lost McCabe Mattire for the game with a, you know, a broken leg, presumably, and still found a way to put it together at the right time on a masterful drive when you're, most people would just be looking to go kick a field goal, right? Nah, the, the Oklahoma Sooners, they got down the field fast. My wife and I were talking about that as we were watching the game and just how quickly they got down into scoring position where, I mean, I tweeted on our Locked On Sooners Twitter account before the drive ever started, let's go get a touchdown. And by God, they went and got a touchdown. They put themselves in a great spot. I mean, Dylan Gabriel was fantastic in this game. And I know, like, you can always pinpoint areas where maybe it should have been a little bit better to throw or a better decision made here. But come on, man. The dude threw for 285 yards, ran for 113 yards against a pretty good Texas run defense. I mean, he was electric. He had a magical day and solidified himself in Sooners lore with that final minute touchdown drive and hitting Nick Anderson when he looked swallowed up. I mean, the pocket had literally collapsed around him and he knew Nick Anderson was going to be in the spot and he hit him right in the spot, man. It was phenomenal. Well, this game to me, and I want to talk more in detail about Dylan Gabriel because it was a legacy game for him. And going forward, we might look back and say, okay, this was the beginning of a legacy for Brent Venables as the head coach for Oklahoma. But I just start with this, John, uh, before I even delve into the final drive with Dylan Gabriel, which of course was heroic and legendary and cements his status, I think, as, you know, look, not Baker, Kyler, whoever, but cements him as a legitimate Oklahoma starting quarterback because he went and won this game. OU, let's start here, is so vastly improved mm -hmm. from a season ago. And again, I keep coming back to this was the litmus test game. I'll eat my crow. I took Texas 30 to 27 to win the game. And I would point out though. I'm happy to be wrong. It was one touchdown drive from Oklahoma that prevented that from being the exact score in this football game. Yeah. But Oklahoma is very, very clearly top to bottom, a better football team, special teams be damned in this one, but uh, defense, offense the the way that they were able to respond in this game john they would not have won this game a season ago and there's a number of different moments that they would have not won this football game a season ago and i wanted to see that from oklahoma in that environment with dylan gabriel with everything that oklahoma is right here right now i wanted to see that from ou and i saw it and so now coming out of the thing Oklahoma's very clearly massively improved from a year ago. We can go down the bullet bullet points of why that is. But, John, now you've beaten Texas. And, yes, it looks like these two are probably going to be on a collision course to meet again. 
But if K-State goes down to Austin and beats Texas, maybe they're not. The path forward for Oklahoma now is so incredibly manageable. Our expectations, and I don't know that they ever really truly change as an OU fan or as an OU media member, but now the expectation is this. If the expectation was, okay, let's get back, let's go contend for a Big 12 championship, let's win a Big 12 championship, let's get on the right foot going to the SEC, that's over with. That's done. Expectations change and they evolve as the season goes on. The expectation now is to win a Big 12 championship and to go to the college football playoff. And in a year where it doesn't look like there's a dominant force, John, Oklahoma's clearly improved. We can talk. Yes, we can talk national championship for Oklahoma. That is no longer crazy. That is an attainable goal for Oklahoma. And we can talk about it not next year or the year after that. We can talk about it now, baby. Yeah, it's crazy to think that they've already matched their win total from a year ago. And they've got at least six more games to go. Probably seven, at least eight legitimately eight more games. I mean, if we think they're going to go to the big 12 championship, that'll be eight games for them, maybe nine more games, but they've already reached their six wins from a year ago. They exercised the 49, nothing from a year ago. And all of the questions that maybe any, anybody might've still had about Brent Venables after five games of the 2023 season, you could probably put those questions to bed at this point. This is the right coach for this program. He's got this program heading in a great trajectory and whatever else happens the rest of the year, he's proven that right now, the turnaround from what happened a year ago, the defense is much improved. The offense is much improved. The talent base is getting better and better year after year where we saw several, you know, big time performances from freshmen in this game. And that base is only going to continue to improve. Again, we're going to have so much to say about this. We're going to continue to break down this game tonight and as we go through this week, because we got a bye week this week, so we can dwell on the glory of coming out the victors in the OU Texas game all week long with you here on Locked On Sooners. Now it's time for your game changer of the week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, much like. Ooh, I don't know, Mr. Dylan Gabriel. How about a heroic drive? Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that, wait for it, actually taste good. Athletic Brewing Company has uh, a number of different options that you can try. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden sours, and so much more. And as I like to say, they're constantly inventing, which means, Okay, you're not an IPA person, you're not a Goldens person, you're not a Sours person. Chances are you're a something person from Athletic Brewing Company before you know it. Fit for all times. And uh, again, the other piece that I think is a key component, no hangovers ever. Can't uh, can't beat that, baby. And you don't want to feel like you're missing out when uh, everybody's having a good time. Athletic Brewing Company, you won't miss out. So you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers, use our code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, Josh, so what are some of the big takeaways that you have still from this game? How could we not 
I, I, how could we have this show and this discussion and Oklahoma beats Texas and oh baby, forget Texas is back. OU's back if they ever left to a national championship contender without this discussion. That goal line stand was in stink incredible for Oklahoma. It was the stuff of legend. And there's a lot of legendary things happening. Make this the legendary segment. Okay. A lot of legendary things happening in this game. But that defensive stand was symbolic for what we hope, what we think is already happening, but what we hope and, again, believe is happening, will happen, will continue to happen for Brent Venables and this defense. For for Oklahoma to, again, it doesn't directly win you the game, John. There were plays to be made after it. But, boy, it sure went a long ways toward winning the football game for Oklahoma in that moment. And Sark, my man, Mr. Gamble, 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 wanted to gamble one too many times, didn't he, in this football game. And Oklahoma made him pay. So I just think, man, that is the type of stuff defensively that we just haven't seen that culturally from Oklahoma in a long time. And so for OU in this moment against that opponent in that arena to bow up and go deliver like that, I'm not going to just say, oh, okay, goal line stand, great moment, whatever. No, that was legendary for Oklahoma. It is something we're going to be talking about, I think, for years and years to come. And I'm hopeful, and honestly, I'm starting to get more and more convinced by the second, by the day, by the week, that we're going to look back and say that was one of those, you know, toss the uh, pin into the calendar moments that we look back on and say that's that's one of the first identifiable moments that things changed for Oklahoma under Brent Venables and company. I mean, it just feels like a signature moment for OU. Absolutely. It was, I mean, there's been so many good ones this season already defensively, but to me, that was, that was it. I mean, that was elite defense right there. They ran it three times with Jonathan Brooks, the big 12's leading rusher and run for no gain, run for no gain, run for a loss of one. And then they threw it to Xavier Worthy, one of the best wide receivers in the country. And Billy Bowman absolutely stoned him and did not let him extend and get that. I mean, it'd be really easy to get one yard, you'd think. And nothing. They allowed nothing in that. And it it was so incredibly impressive. My wife and I, we just let out screams so loud that it scared the kids. Like, we were pumped. and. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma didn't score on that next drive, but you give up seven there, and, I mean, it's a completely different complexion of a ball game. But Oklahoma holds. They keep some momentum defensively. And, yeah, Texas goes down, and they tie it a little bit later in the game. But still, how much confidence do you gain as a defense when you're able to make that stand? And you're able to, you know, slow them down a little bit later and hold them to a field goal. You know, as they're driving to try and win the game themselves, you're able to hold them to a field goal as opposed to letting them get in for a touchdown. And then how how huge is that? That, okay, now all Oklahoma needs is to at least tie the game with a field goal, but then they're able to go down and actually win the football game with a touchdown. So, I mean, the defense has been showing that they're a much better unit than a year ago all season long. But in this game, the defense gave up a ton of yards. I mean, they gave up 527 yards, but three turnovers, five sacks of Quinn Ewers, 10 tackles for loss. The goal line stand on fourth down. They held Texas to five of 14 on third down. 
they came up clutch when they needed to come up clutch. And that's to me, the sign of a good defense is okay. You sometimes you're going to go up against a good offense and they're going to be able to move the ball on you, but can you make the stops when you need to make the stops? Can you force turnovers? Can you make splash plays in the backfield? Oklahoma showed all of that. You know, you go back to Brent Venable's time at Clemson and they won national championships. It wasn't like those defenses were completely shutting down the, you know, the offense in the national championship game. I mean, Alabama scored some points, but Clemson's defense was good enough that they were able to make stops when they needed to make stops to win the game. And that's exactly what we saw on this day is, okay, yeah, Texas gained a lot of yards. They even ran for a lot of yards, but Oklahoma held them to less than four yards a carry at just 3.9, which is an improvement. I mean, Texas came into the game averaging five yards a carry. Oklahoma slowed them down a little bit. The defense played well. I mean, they, they kept them in check. I mean, a lot of what Quinn Ewers was finding success from in a lot of sin and a lot of these instances were really short passes, get the ball out quick. And yeah, they hit them for a couple of big gainers, but ultimately it was a lot of dink and dunk from Quinn Ewers that helped them find some success, man. The Sooners defense to me, they've arrived and they're going to only continue to get better. Just like you kind of led the show off with, which is scary to think of. They allowed, they, they gave up some give and take here and there, but they, a lot of different times. And this has been kind of the DNA of this Oklahoma defense so far this season, but not of this program in a long time to where Oklahoma at different points. And I'm not saying they were perfect, right? They weren't, but uh, on a number of different occasions, you mentioned it at the end of the game, they force a field goal kick. You don't force the field goal kick. You let Texas get one more first down and Oklahoma's losing in the cotton bowl on Saturday defense found a way to get that final stop, a turnover uh, on downs that we talked about in the goal line, the turnovers that they forced, man. I, it's the other field goal that, uh, that, that Oklahoma forced. So you gave up yards, but you came up with big stops when you needed to. And that's what championship teams do. And Oh, by the way, if we didn't say it, uh, explicitly or implicitly or whatever the verbiage may be. If we didn't say it as uh, clear and concise as this could be, Oklahoma is about to be a better football team going forward. I don't think this is this is not the best version of Oklahoma under Brent Venables. They're going to be better defensively going forward. They're going to have more talent top to bottom going forward. I'd like to believe that offensively they're going to be potentially better going forward and Oklahoma went and beat that Texas team where maybe if you want to make the argument coming out of it there is still a little bit of a talent advantage to Texas I don't know if we necessarily feel that way coming out but I'll give you that right if you want to feel that way feel that way and Oklahoma won that game and they're only going to keep supplementing with talent John a win like this what does it do on the recruiting trail it's gigantic on the recruiting trail it's flip season come on down to Norman Oklahoma don't you want to go win a national championship it's just all of that I don't think you can overplay any of it John that you went and won a game you bent you didn't break you went and made key turnovers you you came up with the stops and Dylan Gabriel we gotta talk about Mr. Gabriel Yep, we'll talk about Dylan Gabriel next. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Dylan Gabriel completed 61% of his passes for 285 yards, carried the ball, what was it, 13 times for 113 yards. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I have not found it real quick. 14 times for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Just clutch, man. The dude was clutch. The dude played a tough, tough ball game. Uh, You know, things weren't always smooth and easy, you know, in the passing game, but found a way to make it work at the end. and, and, you know, the the drive to start the second half was he was absolutely dealing. I mean, he was throwing darts and, you know, the, yeah, they were kind of dinking, dunking down the field, but they were using that short passing game to their advantage and they were making, making it work. And the way he ran the ball was especially impressive. You know, he ran tough, he ran physical, was not afraid to take on contact and picked up a lot of extra yards after contact. And, you know, he had the big 44-yard run. Uh, that was instrumental in this game. But I mean, just the way that he orchestrated that final drive, you know, just dart, 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 you know, three yard run. And then, you know, again, standing tall in that pocket that was literally gone. I mean, I don't know how he got that ball off. It looked like he was about to get swallowed up for a sack, which you can't take in that moment and just gets the ball to Nick Anderson on a, on a dime, you know, an absolutely great game from Dylan Gabriel. And it's, it's legacy defining. You know, this is one of those games like we remember Roy Williams forever and Teddy Lehman forever uh, because of their impacts in the Red River shootout. And this is what we're going to remember from Dylan Gabriel forever. Uh, Whatever his future holds, uh, he's always going to be remembered with fondness because of the way that he played in the Red River showdown this this Saturday. It was incredible. It's a legacy game for Dylan Gabriel. He, He cements himself as... Look, I'm not going to sit here. You, you you know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. He's not Baker Mayfield. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not Jalen Hurts. You know, and before that, Sam Bradford, Jason White. It's a tough lineage, okay? There's a lot of great quarterbacks, especially recently in Oklahoma history. But you know what? Dylan Gabriel is not Trevor Knight. He's not, uh, you know, a couple other quarterbacks you could throw in my direction. That's not to throw shade at those guys. It's just to say that in the game that matters the most to Oklahoma fans and in a big game where you were waiting for Dylan Gabriel to show up, Dylan Gabriel showed up. It wasn't perfect. I would define it as a Dylan Gabriel game to where there were some, some incompletions, the fourth down play, horrible throw, should have been better. Uh, I don't put that on Drake Stoops. I put it on Dylan Gabriel, and yet, None of that matters, right? Would you go deliver one final drive the way that Dylan Gabriel delivered one final drive, standing in, delivering to Nick Anderson uh, the way that he did? It was a heroic. It was a memorable. It's a never-forget-about-it drive. It's a career-defining drive for Dylan Gabriel. So, again, I'm not here to say that he's – going to finish with uh, a statue next to all the other statues in Heisman Park or you name it, whatever. But uh, Dylan Gabriel delivered in a big game. He delivered in the biggest game on Oklahoma's schedule to date, and he firmly stamped Oklahoma and himself as a national player here in 2023. So 
you know, that's a tough game to go quarterback in, John. It's we hyper analyze all of it, right? And I would say this national championship included anything else up to it. I don't think he's going to face much more difficult than what he faced this past uh, this past weekend. That's a tough environment, right? And he stood up to it in the final moment, minus timeouts. So, okay, we see you, DG. Yeah, it was it was clutch. That's all you can really say about it. There were a lot of guys that had pretty impressive performance. I thought Ethan Downs had one of those. I, I called it a remember me game. You know, not just hey, remember that I play for this team, but you're going to remember my two sacks in this game as well. There were those were huge. You know, Billy Bowman again with a huge hit that jarred the ball loose that Kendall Dolby ended up coming down with. Gentry Williams with another interception. Uh, and then Peyton Bowen with the forced fumble on Quinn Ewers that Gentry Williams recovered. I mean, so many young dudes. Nick Anderson, his only touch in the game, the biggest touch of the game. Jalil Farouk, the guy that I've said is going to be having this breakout season. He, To me, he was one of the best players in the game a year ago in which it's hard to find any positives from. And he was arguably one of the best players in the game today. Uh, again, just really, really good after the catch with the ball in his hands in every situation. A lot of just really, really great performance. Tawi Walker had two touchdowns. So, you know, it was one of those games where uh, Jaron Kanick, he led the Sooners in total tackles. Um, so many really strong individual performances that made up the whole of this game. And, it, I mean, it starts with Dylan Gabriel, and the list just goes on and on and on about guys that had a huge impact in this one. P.J. Adibare, right, was the guy that, okay, if there's a big-time – pass rush situation he's going to deliver it and who knows maybe that's the 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 x factor here and he can go jar one loose and create a timely turnover that Oklahoma needs it was the other guys John in this game the unheralded defensive lineman for Oklahoma and I said going in that to me you know one of the big surprises would be outside of Oklahoma outside of the the quarterback run game right being the the big key component Oklahoma outrushes Texas in the game which oh by the way Oklahoma outrushes Texas in the game granted again it came with a, over a, a century mark from your quarterback uh, which was sort of on script but outside of the rushing attack for Oklahoma living up to larger than we thought going in right to me one of the big surprises was going to be other pass rushers, other defensive linemen, not named P.J. Adebare, impacting this game because we just hadn't seen enough of it yet. And yet, what did we see? I mean, go up and down the list. Lacey has a TFL in this game. Dejon Terry has a buck and a half TFLs in this game. Downs has a couple. Bothroyd has one. Oklahoma, I think, had, what, five, six sacks in the game? So it was, man, it was what you were hoping to see from this Oklahoma defensive line that we really outside of, you know, PJ and a couple of pass rushing situations hadn't seen yet. And lo and behold, <laughs> they answered the call. They did it in this game. Yeah, they turned up and, you know, they showed up at the right time against the right team in the right situation and came up with big plays that helped lead to the win. I mean, there's, again, there's so much to break down from this game and we'll continue to have you covered here on Locked On Sooner. So subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every platform. Again, be back here Monday night, 9 p.m. Central Time for our weekly live show. Again, we'll talk through what it means for Brent Venables later on this week, what it means for the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll find out where they jump to in the USA Today coaches poll and in the AP Top 25. 
And I mean, we're, we're not far off from the initial college football playoff rankings as well. So we'll start kind of banding about where should Oklahoma be? And so much happened on the college football Saturday that we'll get into as well, that will impact where Oklahoma ends up being ranked. And I mean, bye week coming up and then you got UCF. So Oklahoma kind of has destiny within its grasp. We'll see where they go from there. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref. Follow myself at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooner. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every platform and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. But until next time, he's Josh. I'm John. Talk to you then. Boomer Sooner.